This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to episode 35 of Woods and Waters Project. I'm your host, Steph. And this week is an interview with Whitney Klatt. This awesome chick that I met at an all-women's grouse hunt up in Minnesota. The connection with her just stuck for me. Her smile and energy lights up a room, and I just really enjoyed being around her. After that trip, still continuing to stay in touch and get to know her, along with so many awesome women from that trip. There's something about going somewhere and sharing a weekend, a day with a bunch of strangers doing something that you love. There's an immediate connection. And if you let it, you can really find your people. And that's exactly who she is, my people. She's so freaking awesome. And this interview just scrapes the surface of how freaking awesome she is. But wait, real fast before I get into how badass this week's guest is. This is the perfect episode to give a shout out to our partner, Havoc Hunting Supply. For the last year and a half, Havoc has been my go-to for my hunting and dog supplies. Whether you're a new houndsman like me or have been doing this a long time, Havoc Hunting Supply has you covered. For leads, leashes, dog tracking, chaps, boots, and my favorite item that I have from them is my headlamp. They've got you. And I don't just go to them because they have awesome products and the selection of what I actually need to be successful out in the woods. I go to them because Ryan and Steven are the best. Because Ryan and Steven want you to be successful and they want you to have a great experience and they want to make sure you 
have what you need to get out there and focus on your dog in the hunt. Check out Havoc Hunting Supply at HavocHuntingSupply.com. That's H-A-V-O-C, HuntingSupply.com. And if you get the honors of talking to Ryan or Steven, tell them Steph from Woods and Waters Project sent you. Back to our guest. Whitney and I talk about what it's like to work with hounds. We talk coon hunting, coyote hunting. She didn't even grow up hunting her entire life. This is something that happened later in her life and has completely consumed all her free time. And what I think is crazy is from these other interviews I've had on the podcast, so many people that I've talked to who love hunting and fishing in the outdoors and it consumes them. They're really busy people. They have a lot going on. They have a lot of things that they love or they have responsibilities, but they make time for this stuff because maybe, maybe like me, they're obsessed or it just brings them back to this good place. It's something they love. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I I think that connection with animals, connection with our dogs, connection with nature is necessary. And if you're lacking that, I really think this episode could be for you, inspire you a little bit just to get started and understand how one step forward, learning one thing, going on one trip, meeting a handful of people who get you can change your life forever. And I know the outdoors, the people, my tribe have changed my life forever. I can't wait for y'all to meet Whitney. Thanks for being here. Here we go. appreciate uh, you making this work and I know we both had some back and forth and um, I'm really excited to kind of wing this with you because we didn't really prep for it at all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I think it's gonna be great and I'm excited that you wanted to be on here uh, I am going to be highlighting multiple women in the outdoors here real soon and do some back-to-back episodes and I was really excited that you reached out because so far you're really one of the only girls that I have been talking to that run hounds as well um, yeah and we don't have to talk about that because there are multiple things that you love to do but I just thought that was awesome and definitely wanted to talk about that and get to know you yeah I'm so, excited. Good. Awesome. Well, if, if you're ready, uh, could you introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. So my name is Whitney, and I'm from eastern Wisconsin. And I like to do just about anything outdoors, and that's, I guess, what I spend a majority of my time doing, whether it be hunting, fishing, or farming. We have a small beef cattle farm, so we keep ourselves pretty busy. 
Yeah, I would say so. And you do you work full time outside of that too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. How do you how do you make it all work? <laughs> I guess. That's a good question. I guess I'm just kind of one of those people that I'm like a busybody and just always like to be doing something. I mean, I do like having downtime to myself and being able to relax, but majority of the time I'm always like, let's go do this or let's go do that. So I like keeping pretty busy. Yeah, same. I relate to that a lot. I think when I sit (laughs) down is when I get tired, you know, like... Like I was just saying yeah. a little bit ago, but otherwise we're, we're never bored. I mean, there's never a reason for us to be bored ever. Right. Um, could yeah, you, <laughs> something, to, something to do. Absolutely. Could you, um, well, I want to know, cause you, so you and I met, um, we've only met once and stayed, you know, in contact since, but we met last oh gosh not last right last November October October yeah last October at an all-women's grouse hunt in Minnesota um yeah and got talking about hounds mostly but stayed in touch since then so we've only met once and really didn't get to talk a whole lot so you know these questions I'm asking you I, I I don't really know about you uh just like probably the listeners too so Like, when you share online, you share a ton about hunting and fishing. Have you been doing that your whole life? No. So, actually, I didn't get started hunting. I mean, I grew up fishing a little bit, but I really didn't get big into it until 2017. I didn't take hunter safety until October of 2017, actually. So, I only have a few years under my belt, but it seems like I've been doing an awful lot of different things lately, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, that's amazing. It does seem like you've been doing an awful lot and, and thrown yourself yeah. in. Was there um, was there kind of a turning point for you where you're like, I want to get into this? Or um, was there something that just made you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go do this? Well, it kind of happened when my boyfriend and I started dating. He was into waterfowl hunting and uh, hunting whitetail and he liked to fish a lot so it was one of those things that I was like I'm just going to tag along and see what it's all about before I go ahead and take hunter safety and buy all of these different licenses and tags um, and just see if it was something that I truly was going to enjoy doing and the first time going I was hooked it didn't matter that there wasn't a gun in my hand I think it was just seeing the excitement of everyone around you and just being able to watch everyone do their thing. It just, it made me want to do it even more, especially when you're doing it with a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person that I want to prove someone wrong or try and do it better. So. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, what was the, what was the first hunt that you went on? Um, goose hunting was my first hunt. We were laying out, I think it was a wheat field, and we, because uh, our goose season starts in September, and we don't get to really start hunting ducks until almost October, so I went on a few goose hunts, and then I went on, I think, one or two duck hunts, and then I 
was like, I'm going to get my hunter safety done because I want to be able to whitetail hunt and kind of just go further from there and see what my options would be. Just kind of get myself out there and experience everything. Awesome. Do you have a favorite type of hunting so far? So far, I have enjoyed everything that I've done, but coyote hunting during the winter with the dogs is by far my absolute favorite. It doesn't matter if we get anything or even if we get one up. I think it's just the fact of it's a challenge and you're putting your dogs out into an area that there's either something there or there's not. And I think just watching them work is like the most exciting of it all just because you're training them basically every hunt just to be better whether or not there's an animal there for them to chase or not yeah yeah I I've said so many times that coon hunting was the least interesting to me of all hunting like I I was never really gonna be a coon hunter and then once I started doing it I fell in love with it for different reasons at first and now that I I have like two coon dogs that I work with you know two and a half because I I can hunt with my boyfriend's dog as well um yeah it, it makes me like can even when on the miserable days it makes me go back out because working with dogs just changes things especially once you start to have a bond with them um I feel like any type of hunting it just it elevates it so much more when you have a dog that you love (laughs) it's just it's crazy and I think it's really interesting that um like I love it I'm not saying that this doesn't happen all the time maybe I'm just not exposed to it but what I think is really cool is with how new of a hunter you are that like your favorite hunting is like a predator like going after like a coyote you know is predator hunting right and I think that's really fascinating because most um, people, not even just women, but especially women, uh, just because I have this conversation with them a lot, but most people, when they get into hunting or they have been a hunter their whole life, you hear less about coyote hunting or predator hunting than anything else, I feel. And, um, even like a lot of people I grew up with that are hunters, um, there's a couple specifically that enjoy coyote hunting, but in general, when I am talking to old friends or when I go to women's events like you and I went to um, on my podcast, just different people, uh, that type, you know, predator hunting and trapping especially turn people off the most. Um, yeah. So I just kind of like love that that's what you love the most because I, I, I just don't hear that in, like a lot. Um, so I think that's awesome. Yeah. And the funny thing was, is I just remember my boyfriend being like, you should just go with my dad and see what it's like. Maybe you'd like it. And I just kept pushing it off because I'm like, oh, it's just dogs running through the woods. And yeah, that's a lot of it. But there's so many other aspects to it that that first time I went, I was hooked immediately. And I got my first coyote that day. And I think that's what even made it better. Yeah. And that always helps for sure. And running dogs is just super cool. It's like, I can't even, it's hard to put into words actually, but I think that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Do you, when it's not the winter months, um, do you guys hunt your dogs? Do you use your dogs for um, anything else besides coyotes? Not, not really. Um, Normally we have, we wait until bow hunting is done around by us, which the zone that we live in in Wisconsin, it actually runs until the end of January. 
But most people around here are normally done like that first or second week. So when we have a good snow on the ground, we load up the dogs and go. Um, I do like to take our dogs like for walks and whatnot so they don't get super fat and lazy over the summer. But normally they wait until there's snow on the ground to run. Otherwise, we do have a coyote pen that we can occasionally bring them to just to let them run off some steam and kind of get that sent back into their nose to be like, okay, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I was, I was always curious about that. Cause like even, um, so we have, we, cause you have, um, we have treeing walkers and you have running walkers. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So we have a running walker and then we have two treeing running walker crosses and then we have two platforms as well. Cool. Awesome. I remember you talking about the plats when we met before too. Um, yeah. Like now that you say that. And I, uh, you know, I, I have been, now I would consider myself a pretty hardcore coon hunter, but I've only been coon hunting mm-hmm. for, you know, a little over a year. Um, I just go all the time. Um, right. Cause you know, we don't always go to shoot coons. That's where people get confused. Cause they're like, Oh, isn't the season only, from here to here it's like well technically the shooting season is from november to january but you can actually run your dogs much longer um you can run them throughout the year you just can't shoot a coon so we're working the dogs all the time we're going all the time but we're not necessarily you know actually shooting the raccoons um and our dogs are specifically coon dogs and i know from talking to the boyfriend there's there's one of our dogs where we're trying to figure out right now if he's going to be a good coon dog and have talked about like seeing how he would do running coyotes um and that kind of thing but overall i think my understanding is like even if it's a great dog for either one I, my understanding is most of the time dogs aren't the same dog isn't going to be used for a coyote like it would be for a coon or for like a bear right. etc i know like our plat hounds we kind of just call them fur chasers even though they could have a really good track or even a wounded coyote where you have blood on the ground and you have really good scent, if a raccoon or something walks in front of them, they'll actually break that trail to go after that animal. Because in their mind, they're thinking, it's fur, like that's what I'm after, mm-hmm. that's what I'm supposed to do. So t- sometimes it, we have to get our two plots back on track to be like, no, this isn't what we're here to do. We're here to go after coyotes or even for say if we're running a fox but our plots won't go after fox um so sometimes they just need a little bit of that redirection of this is what i'm out here doing and this was sassy and i mean you do punish them but it's not you're not doing it to be mean you're just doing that so they're learning and they stay on track and stay focused for what they're supposed to do yeah and I fully understand that too, just with, you know, if a dog uh, covers another dog, um, and what I mean by cover for people don't know who don't know is, uh, you know, one dog is treeing a, a raccoon in a tree, so they're, you know, up on the tree, barking up the tree, mm-hmm. and then your dog comes in and goes to that same tree. These dogs are supposed to know better, you know, in the coon hunting world, <clears throat> they shouldn't do that. So that would be an example of having to, um, you know, kind of punish them, punish them, like you said, teach them, uh, realign them, basically. Uh, yeah. And, you know, or if they're treeing a, a possum or a turkey 
or a field, right. or a field mouse. Like that's that's not Anything right. Anything that runs out in front of them. Yeah. Um, one of our dogs, she's an amazing coon hunter, but once in a while, I think she uh, likes to go after some coyotes. You can tell from. Do you guys like have garments then, where you watch them, kind of thing? Like a yeah, we system? run with the alpha system, yeah. And you can always tell, and they're, it's so interesting. Like from when I started hunting with like doing this, it was just so confusing to me at first. Like when people would, you know, you're hearing the sounds that the dog's making, and you're watching their behavior on. Um, like your GPS and like hearing what people mm -hmm. were saying, like, Oh, do you hear that sound that she's making or he's making? This is what they're doing. Or, Hey, they're, you know, they actually, they just turn this way or they're barking up or they're barking down or, Oh, based on the way they're acting on the GPS, they're chasing a coyote. They're not chasing a coon anymore. I was like, how do, how in the hell do you people know this stuff just based on, right. you know, this, and it's crazy in a year, how much I can understand my dog, like what he's doing. Um, based on the sounds he's making or how he's acting. It's just so crazy to me. I know, like, my first actual year um, running with the guys, we had just gotten the alpha system, and it was pretty much brand new to everyone. It had just come out onto the market. Um, and looking at it and trying to use it, I was so confused. Like, mine wasn't oriented, so it was always pointing north on the screen, so it was turning, oh. and I'm like, I don't know if we're east or west or what way the dog's running. So it's hard when you don't have it set the way that you want it to, but it's so nice when you figure out what settings you want. And for any hunting aspect, everything is going to be set up differently. If you have a bird dog and you're using that system, if you're running coons or even when it comes to running coyotes. Yeah. And There's the, just so many different options. Yeah. And the thing that I thought was interesting is what, a lot of the guys that I coon hunt with, based on like how their dog runs, like how much they zigzag or like how um, hard they run, like how far they run, or right. um, like based on like how they're acting on the GPS, like watching the line that they make on the GPS, I just thought it was really fascinating that they could tell that they weren't tracking a coon. They could tell by the way that their dog was acting on the GPS that they were chasing a coyote or a fox. Um, yeah, we have that problem. We can tell if they kind of break off that path and it's yeah. like, are they running a deer and they know they're not yeah, supposed to? Exactly. Or did the coyote run amongst the deer? Like, what are they doing? Yeah. And these are just things I never thought I'd be talking about or be excited to talk about. It's just so crazy. <laughs> and I just loved, like, hearing you kind of have that same experience because it's just, I hunt you know the hunting life has always been a thing for me I've been hunting my whole life I've been surrounded by it my whole life but just like the last few years I have been my eyes have been open to like all these new worlds of hunting like these little pockets of types of hunters um and groups and stuff and so like the houndsman world is just so like fascinating and crazy to me um and it's so different so different yeah it's it's incredible like I mean I think initially uh, these these dogs like work so hard and they put themselves really in, in danger quite often between like predators and going on, um, pro you know, dogs don't know property lines. So they go into property they shouldn't be on, right? Because they don't really know better. Right. Um, just different things like, but it's like they love it. Like these dogs that do this stuff, like they're born, like this is what they want to do. Right, and I don't think people understand that sometimes. They look at it like you're forcing your dog to do it, and 
I'm look at I like I want to look at them and be like I'm not forcing them to jump out of the box like they hit that trail and they're excited like they're excited to run and be out doing what they like to do because mm-hmm. that's what they're bred for right yeah totally totally agree um with uh the women do you do now like so you and I met at the women's hunt um, do you do a yeah. lot of women's hunts and like women's events like that? Um, yeah, I do do a lot of women's hunts. Um, we actually, I just went to Texas with nine other women. We did a hog hunt. Nice. So that was pretty exciting and going on two fishing trips the next two weekends with a bunch of women. So awesome. keep myself pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah, you do. That's amazing. When it comes to fishing, do you have a favorite type of fishing? Um, I really like bass fishing, um, but another thing that we're really into is carp fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have setups that have the tripods and the alarms and everything on it, so when a carp bites onto it, the alarm goes off, and it'll keep going off the farther they drag it until you grab the pole and set the hook, hook to bring them in. Oh, that's They cool. put up a really, really good fight, so... It's, I think it's worth the fight sometimes, even though it's a rough fish and you really can't do a whole lot with it, but I think it's just the challenge and yeah, not many people like to do that because they wouldn't think to target a species like that. Yeah. Most of the time you hear people getting them during bow fishing and then using them for fertilizer and everything else afterwards. So I think it's just fun to do it in a different aspect. Yeah, I, I think that's like what's so interesting too. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but um, when people start getting into hunting and fishing, um, either one or any outdoor activity really, I think sometimes they think this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to be into. This sounds more fun or this sounds whatever. And I think once you start dabbling in multiple things, it surprises you what kind of grabs onto you, like what you really enjoy Um, not that none, not that I love all of it. Like, I don't think there's any type of hunting or fishing I've done that I don't enjoy, but there's just certain, there's certain types that like jack me up in different ways for different reasons. And, and like thinking about that, I'm surprised at myself, (laughs) Yeah, you know, um, cause I, and I, I really do think that once people give things a try, um, they'll be surprised at either how much it sucks or how awesome and rewarding it is. Um, and I just I just think that's fascinating. Like people are really quick to judge something like fishing for carp, especially I hear, I've heard that a lot, or like even like with bow fishing. Um, right. It's just like, oh, you're after carp, gross. Uh, but that's just to each their own. Everyone has like their own thing that they love to do. And I think if they gave it a try themselves, they'd probably like it as well. Right. And I think to like, being able to go out and try new things, I think that's just part of it, and that's how you find out what you like and what you don't like. Some people just enjoy everything that they do, and some people are like, well, this isn't for me. <laughs> but I'm that person. You don't know unless you try it, so you might as well go out. Yeah. Is there anything you've tried that you haven't really liked? Not really. <laughs> I didn't think so. Um, we, we, 
uh, one of our goose hunts last year kind of turned into a dove hunt. And I realized it's a lot harder to hit a dove than I thought it would be. That and when we were grouse hunting trying to hit a woodcock. That was a challenge that I was not successful at. Yeah. (laughs) They're wicked fast. Um, I love, we didn't even, our group on our grouse hunt, because I know you and I didn't hunt in the same, like, party. Um, we only got to see a couple all together, like, couple, I think we saw one woodcock and two grouse, um, the whole time we went out. So, when I heard other groups saw, like, 15 and 30, I was like, what? (laughs) Not even, not even close. (laughs) Like, the guy that I was with. Like, oh, did you see that bird flush? And I was like, what bird? Like, where are you looking? Because I didn't see anything. Yeah. The woodcock that we I mean, saw was like that. I mean, it was just, I think one of the girls didn't see it, but it was just, it was so fast. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I shot at, I was either way in front of or I was way behind. There was no in between. And I was like, well, maybe that's just not for me. I would go again, but it wouldn't be at the top of my list, I can say. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so beautiful up there, though. I think I just, yes, the experience altogether um, was really good for my soul. Because just being around, like, other like-minded people and talking about that and um, just going somewhere new and just, like, seeing the landscape and stuff was just really cool. Um, right. Yeah, it was just good. And, I mean, I've stayed in contact with so many of those women. I mean, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. It feels like it was forever ago now, but... Uh, I stayed in, in contact with them and we've all talked about different trips or different ways that we can connect. And I think the hard part with all of us is we are all like, I think most of the women are pretty go, go, go all the time. Um, yeah. So it's hard to like put us on each other's calendars without planning an event or jumping into another event or something. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like even my first trip with all the women, I thought I was going to come in and be like, everyone's super catty. No one's going to get along. And now I've met some of, like, my lifelong best friends thanks to a lot of these trips. And I just can't wait to continue going on different trips or going to different events just to meet new people because everyone is so interesting and has a different story. It's nice to hear everybody's background and how they got into certain things and find people that are similar to you and have the same interests and that are there to support and uplift you if you're having a bad day and if you need somebody to talk to. Yeah, I agree. And hunting can be hunting and fishing or any, any new like hobby or passion. I feel like you get really excited and you're really into it and you're in it for yourself, you know, cause, cause you love it, but you want to like share and like talk about that stuff. Have you ever have you ever gone to like a wedding or a party or something and that's really all you want to talk about and nobody around you wants to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's like I why can't why can't I have friends? Like, you know, and it makes the day go by right. so slow because you just want to have good conversation about that kind of stuff with somebody and nobody wants to engage with you. And it's nice to like Right have women like that around even if it's on social media or a phone call away to you know just chat with yeah i know even my boyfriend gets annoyed sometimes it's like okay like you're still talking about this like it happened a week and a half ago (laughs) 
And it's like, just let me bask in the moment. Like, I had so much fun. Like, I got to get it out somehow. Yeah. And then he'll look at me and be like, that really isn't that funny. But you talk about it with the girls and you're crying because you're laughing so hard because the memories are just so much fun to relive and look back on and yes. plan for future future things to go and do just so you can make more. Yeah. I Yes, I totally agree. Have you had a favorite trip so far? I think that's probably hard to answer, but... Um, the hog hunt that we went on. Really? I think that one will be one of the hardest trips to top. We had so much fun. That's and awesome. It was, a, it was definitely a go, go, go weekend, but when you get to road trip down to Texas with some of your close friends, I don't think it gets much better than that. We we cried happy tears. We cried because we laughed so much. There was sad tears, but you have those people that are there that you can talk to about anything, and they're not going to judge you for it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, That's awesome. I mean, we, we got the opportunity to turkey hunt while we were down there. I got the opportunity to bullfish. Really? The girls got coyotes. Yep. And we even got two rattlesnakes. So, I mean... It was a jam-packed weekend, and then we managed to stay one more night in Fort Worth and kind of see what that was all about before we came home. That sounds amazing, like, to get to do all those different things and be around people you enjoy being around. That's incredible. I'm super envious of that. Yeah. I think the best part, too, was I didn't get my hog how I thought I was going to. I thought it was going to be daylight, and it was going to come in, and I was going to shoot it. And I got to shoot mine using the thermal scope at night. Oh, that's sweet. That's yeah, super cool. Yeah, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. That is I'm amazing. like, how many people can say that they did that? Yeah, I mean, you because you've done that and you'll you loved it so much. It's it's just weird how. Um, especially with social media, you'll start seeing some of that. You'll start seeing more of it, you know, because of the algorithm or what you follow or whatever. But really, truly, even though social media sometimes will show you other people doing similar things, there are so few people on this earth who will ever experience what you experienced, you know? Like, really in the grand scheme of things, it's special. It's a a really special thing. Yeah, well, that's one of the guys that um, I coyote hunt with. He goes, do realize you've done more in the past year um of you hunting than most guys have done their entire lives who are probably in their like 70s exactly he goes, so take those take those experiences and run with it because he goes you don't know when you won't be able to do it anymore and you don't want to look back and regret that you didn't go do something which that's the thing is i don't want to regret not being able to do anything so I think that's why I take every opportunity I have and I kind of run with it mm-hmm. and sometimes Jake's like oh you're gone again this weekend and I'm like well it's an opportunity I don't know when I'll get another chance to go do it so yeah yeah talk of we, this exact scenario exact like conversation um happens so much on this podcast and happens so much in my regular life um, almost word for word what you said about, um, so like, even though I've been hunting a, a long time, like off and on the last couple of years, I 
have done so much in such a short period of time and have learned so much and have just tried to be a sponge and just pay attention and, and learn whatever I can all the time. And now that I've just really opened my mind and like really focused on it this last, you know, couple years, I'm obs- like, I've always been obsessed, but now I'm like obsessed, you know, to, to yes. your point of, I just, I, I'm competitive, but it's really about myself more than it is about anybody else. Like I, I don't care if someone gets to go on a trip, I don't get to go on, shoots a bigger animal than me. Um, you know, I don't really care about that stuff because I, I'm having my own experiences, but right. I want to be really competent and I want to be really good and I want to like live a life that I'm excited about, um, and get as many of those experiences as I can. And I think everyone else should do the same. So it makes me really happy to, um, like hear you and other people do these things and like put themselves out there and. And not everyone is a go, go, go person necessarily, but I just, I always, I'm always so afraid that life, you know, life is going to be too short, like they say, you know, and then I'm not going right. to take a chance on something because, oh, it just wasn't the right time or I can do it later. I can do it when I'm older. Um, and it's like, you might not get that opportunity to take that trip or go that on that hunt or go on that fishing trip. Like, I don't, you know, it, right. it's not going to always be there. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And I think. I think, too, like, when I first got into hunting, I just, people would critique me or try and give me advice, and I was kind of, like, that person. I think I took a lot of it to heart at first, Mm -hmm. and now I've gotten to the point that they're trying to help me. They're trying to make me a better hunter or fisherman or outdoors person, and I've learned to not take that to heart. There's no reason to get upset about it, Mm -hmm. and... If I don't get anything, that's fine. I love seeing people get their first animal or catch their first fish. I think I get more excited about that sometimes than I do getting something myself. And I think that just comes, like, the more you do something because it's like, okay, I've done that before and I've experienced it. I need to let somebody else do it now. Yeah. Yes. I just had that experience this well, yesterday, this past weekend, um, Mother's Day, uh, I took a relatively new friend. Um, we, so we have, so we have some friends that are down in Southern Iowa um, that have a organization called Giving Back Outdoors, and they mm-hmm. uh, do a different type of turkey hunting down there, where because they have the landscape for it. Like where I live, there's there's not enough land spread out to hunt that the, the way that they do. So what they do is um, basically they, you know, kind of drive the back roads, drive the gravel roads, and, um, you know, so we scout. We scout for toms. Um, and based right. on where the toms are, if we have permission or if it's public or, you know, whatever, um, then we kind of, based on, like, the terrain and where they're at, we figure out what point can we sneak in on them. And then we have... Uh, like a fan decoy that we walk in behind yep. and then we call them in and then they aggressively run towards the decoy. Uh, and a lot of people aren't familiar with that type of turkey hunting. Uh, they're probably more familiar with sitting up against a tree or in a turkey blind kind of situation. And oh, right. that's how I grew up turkey hunting. But this uh, like more aggressive way, uh, it you can't do that in most places because again of the landscape and the setup and having permission on that much land to to be able to get a chance at multiple turkeys in a day is really slim uh, in most places. So um, 
it's it's a it's a workout it's very heart racing it's actually a lot it's um it's very effective but there's a lot of hard parts to it and um i enjoyed it so i've done it i've done it a couple times and gotten turkey both times um and loved it and i had this friend who had never turkey hunted before and she had actually taken a hunting class like through me but we talked about uh, more of the blind style hunting you know and I'm just thinking, gosh, mm -hmm. I really want to take someone new out. I really want someone to experience what I experienced because it's really rare. And I took her out yesterday and I'd warned her. I warned her it was different than what we have, I had taught her. But I don't think she understood how different it was going to be and <laughs> how active it was going to be and how heart racing it was going to be. And I think at first she hated it. I'm, I'm fairly certain she hated it for a while because it was like yeah. a lot of work. Um, and but she got one and she got a stud of a turkey yesterday like a like a four-year-old bird for sure great long curled uh sharp spurs and long beard and it was great and i think she was super happy after you know her heart racing stopped and she just realized what she just did but i think that she's like i think that you guys might be more happy than i am because she was so mad at like how exhausting it was and uh i was like dude i think you might be right i am so I have never been so happy for to see someone shoot a turkey before. Not even myself, I don't right. think. Because it was just so rewarding to take this new hunter out who's never done turkey hunting ever before. Give her this kind of extreme experience. Like, take her out and, and see this happen. It was like, it was just like... I don't even know. Maybe it's like I maybe I sound like selfish in that way, but I, I did it for her. But for me, it was like very rewarding to be a part of. Um, right. And I, I just think more people should do that once and see how it feels. And then I feel like you'll want to keep doing it and helping others get out there. Right. Well, that was like when we were in Texas on that hog hunt, there was a girl that was with us. Um, and it was night number two. Most, some of us had already gotten our hogs and she was one of the few that still didn't have a shot off. So I was like, oh, there's this big one that came in last night that they've been watching. I go, you want to come sit with me and see if maybe he comes in or if different ones come in, like maybe you'll get a shot. And we were sitting there, sitting there, and all of a sudden they got to like 8.30 and he, he still didn't make an appearance and nothing else had. I felt so bad because I was like, come to the spot, like, we'll see something. And all we had seen was deer at that point. We had heard the coyotes, but nothing came in. So her and another girl that were with, uh, that was with me, they started packing up kind of, and all of a sudden it was 845 and he walked out and I'm like, he's here. And she got positioned out on the floor and she goes, I don't know if I can make the shot because I'm like, at night, or not even at night, but when it gets darker, you can see better through a scope than you can see with your normal eyesight. And he kept giving her opportunities. He would step like he was going to run, and then he would stop. And he was making the most ungodly noises I've ever heard, which was also one of the coolest things ever, I thought. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we calmed her down enough and said, like, just breathe, take deep breaths pull the trigger slowly when you're ready she pulled the trigger and dropped them and there was 
happy tears from her. There was happy tears from me. I was shaking so bad. I think I was shaking <laughs> worse than she was. <laughs> Just for the fact that it was, we experienced it together, and I got to see her get her first hog and she had watched me get my first hog the night before so I think it was just a special bond between us that whole weekend that we were able to experience both those situations with each other but she shot a hog that was pretty much 200 pounds he was a big old boar like trophy size hog for down where we were so that was amazing yeah that's super cool what a cool thing to be a part of. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know if I would get to that point because I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd had so many, it just, things have really turned around for me the last few years. And like my mindset about that, because I grew up in a household where, um, my dad is an avid hunter and he's very successful and I just didn't have the success that my dad had overall. Um, and like we're a very competitive family so yeah um I just like always kind of like felt defeated uh hunting even though I loved it like I didn't keep me from going out but I kind of sometimes got like a sour attitude about it when I was younger because like I just I put a lot of time in like I I I don't just show up you know sit down and 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 don't come back for weeks on end like I I put a lot of time into hunting and didn't always have success with it when I was young and uh, I just feel like things have just kind of changed. Like now I don't always go out for myself. Sometimes I go out with other people or to see them be successful or um, mentor somebody. And somehow I think I've taken the pressure off myself a little bit more and I have, I'm way more successful. I'm also, I know more than I used to too, right? But I, I think I just take the pressure off of myself and um, I just want to enjoy myself and be happy and I think all in all, I just always feel like it's more successful that way and not being too hard on yourself. And then, you know, being a part of like what you said earlier, um, like taking things to heart. I think that is something I've definitely been guilty of multiple times of taking it to heart and then just taking a deep breath and realizing people are trying to help me, um, or that I can do it, you know, like not to freak out. You don't have to learn everything in one day (laughs) kind of thing. Right. It's hard because once you get the bug to do this stuff, I, I feel like when it hits you, I, I think like people who, who feel this way know what I'm talking about. When it kind of all of a sudden hits you that you're like, oh my gosh, this is like my life. Like this is, this is a part of me now. You become obsessed and you want to be really good. <laughs> and you want to do everything. Yeah. And it's hard to settle down. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's funny for me to hear, like, from my family, they're like, I would have never expected you to be doing what you're doing now from watching you grow up. And there was always, I think, that bug in me that I saw my brother deer hunting and doing all of these things that I wish I could do. But we never really had that father figure there. And my mom definitely did not know what she was doing or and had no interest in hunting, I should say. Um, so I think it just took that person that was willing to take the time and teach me and introduce me into everything and mm-hmm. to finally figure out this is what I want to do. And it's so nice to hear, like for my mom, especially that she's proud of where I'm at and what I'm doing and what I'm continuing to do yeah. because 
to her, like even to myself, I've grown so much, even in the past year, it's crazy. Like you don't think you can grow that much as a person in a small time span, but then you look back and you're like, wow, I've done a lot and like I'm not taking things to heart. I'm doing things for me and not for everybody else and I'm happy where I am. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like a beautiful place to be and to realize that it takes people sometimes their whole lives to kind of check themselves like that, you know? Right. That's awesome. Um, is there anything that you haven't done yet that is like top of top of the bucket list? So I have two hunts that are at the top of my list. I want to eventually go to Africa and do a greater kudu hunt just because I think they are just fascinating creatures and gorgeous and feel like that would be an amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have to be able to go and do that. And then I would also love to eventually go hunting for bighorn sheep, even though I know that's going to be the challenge of a lifetime. But it will be so worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, Yeah. Is there, like, fishing-wise, is there kind of the same thing for you, too? Um, Like, I like fishing, but I don't know if there's necessarily, like, a bucket list thing that I'd ever go and target but I'm sure my boyfriend will introduce me into something new and I'll be like oh let's go do this now all the time so (laughs) yeah it'll just be just be a matter of time before something new pops up so yeah have you um have you do you feel like overall like your experience is becoming a hunter and like getting more serious about it obviously and and just sharing about it do you feel like you um mostly get kind of like positive vibes and um, people like celebrating you or do you kind of get resistance and negative um I'm sure there's some but do you overall feel like you get more of like a positive vibe and community around you overall yes um everyone's very supportive uh the buck that I got in November it was like the whole county found out about it everyone was so excited um, I mean, you do get a few, like, sour people here and there, but it's one of those things you can't take to heart what they're saying because they don't understand why you're doing it or the reason behind what you're doing it for. Um, and they think they are just to kill something to kill something, which is not the point. Um, they just don't don't understand the reason behind it or what it's all about and I think sometimes you just have to educate that person and whether or not they want to understand is up to them yeah yeah absolutely um do you have so you were saying that you are going on a couple more fishing trips and you have another hunt planned um what what is like your next adventure that you have coming up so uh, we're going out by North Dakota this weekend, and we're fishing for cats. Oh, nice. Cool. So that'll be super fun. And then the following weekend, we'll be boat fishing on the Mississippi River. Sweet. So that'll be fun. Nice. Are you going to go out on a boat, like, boat fishing, like night fishing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're slowly getting our pontoon set up for that here so we can do a little bit around home, too. So that'll be nice. Yeah. 
Do you feel like you like hunting better in a group rather than solo or solo, or does it kind of just depend on what you're doing? I think it depends on what you're doing. Um, I really like deer hunting solo just because that's my time to kind of get away and reflect and kind of just take everything around you in and not take anything for granted. But I also do love hunting with other people because it's an experience you get to share with them and memories that you get to make with them. So it's not just you're the only one who remembers it. You can meet up with someone and be like, remember when we did this or like talked about this or experienced this. That's super nice because some people like they can't look at you like you're crazy and be like, did that really happen? Or are you just making that up? Yeah. So I like both. It just depends on the situation. (laughs) Yeah. I feel the same. I feel the very same. Um, I think most of the time I like hunting in groups of people, but it definitely depends on the people, right? Like, Right. Quickly, that can, I mean, I think most of the time I'm, I'm with people that I enjoy hunting with, so it, that's not usually a problem, but um, depending on the type of hunting, uh, yeah, the people can make all the difference in the world, but that solo time is a beautiful thing. Um, right. I was trying to think of how to ask this question. The, the last few women that I've, like, interviewed, I, I was trying to really think of how to ask this, and I, I don't think I really did. Um, and maybe it's just cause I'm afraid that maybe, <laughs> maybe people are gonna be like, what are you saying? Um, so is there any, this, I'll give an example if it doesn't make sense. So is there okay. any kind of thing related to like the hunting fishing world right now that you are like a skill, um, or something that you're really like passionate or kind of zeroed in on learning, like something that either frustrates you and you want to get better at. Or um, something that you're like, hey, I just want to be really good at this. Is there is there anything that you kind of are trying to master or you feel like you have? <laughs> um, I feel like something I'm still trying to master, uh, just because I started doing it last year, is pheasant hunting. Just because pheasants by us are few and far between. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're working with an upland dog that does waterfowl, it's kind of hard to keep them on track, and when you're only hunting as one person, it, it gets kind of frustrating at times, because I had times where I walked right past the bird and it flushed 50 yards behind me, and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And it's just that either your dog's not picking up on it, you're moving too fast, or yeah, evidently it just didn't want to flush or do what it was supposed to. And so I think that's frustrating for me, because does take time and people think it's easy but it depends on where you are it's not like if you go to a game farm and you have planted birds i mean most of our birds do get planted here but even then they're out in the wild they're starting to fend for themselves so they're finding where they kind of hunker down and kind of where their safe space is yeah um definitely i I would say, like, okay, and I'm sure there's people who, I'm sure there's people who listen to my podcast purely just to hear me talk about my whiny moments and mock me, I'm sure. So I, 
Uh, hopefully not. I feel like I have a really good group of listeners, <laughs> and I feel like I have a good idea who a lot of them are. And I, I'm very grateful for mine. I don't think they are making fun of me. They might be, but that's okay. I still love them. Um, so with Upland hunting, I, I would say Upland is probably one of my favorites. I mean, my my top three or so favorite types of hunting varies through because you know as one season starts coming up, you get more excited about that, and then I like leave the other ones right. in the dust. But Upland hunting has consistently probably been a top one. Um, when I had my two Britney Spaniels, um, it was definitely hard to say that that wasn't my top one because I had such a great bond and love for my dogs. Um, and they were, they right. were great, especially together, um, hunting wise. But, um, I freaking hate I hate, I hate, I hate. I, I, There's a little bit of misery with every type of hunting. But when it mm-hmm. is snow that is up to my knees, I'm only, I mean, I don't think you're very tall either, if I remember right. Um, I'm only 5'4", yeah. you know, 5'5", yeah, five, 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 maybe. Three. Yeah, so deep snow um, pheasant hunting is like hell for me. Like, I yeah. hate it so much. It's unbelievable, but I still go. Like, if it's the only day, if it's the only time I have to go pheasant hunting, I will go, but I will complain the entire time. Um, it, at least in my head. I'm miserable in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I actually, as much as I love, like, I love upland hunting, I weirdly sometimes put myself, I think I force myself in these miserable situations to toughen me up and like make me love it more because I think um I've heard multiple people talk about this there's to me what hunting really is most of the time is like a delayed fun like um like there's so much of hunting that sucks like some of it really really sucks it's cold it's windy it gets too hot there's ticks there's bugs um you don't see anything hear anything you're exhausted you're hungry uh, you have to go to the bathroom, can't get up. You know, there's like so many things that can suck about it. Um, but like once you get that animal or once you have like those awesome laughs with your friends or significant other or whoever, or you put yourself out in the elements and did something that was hard and you like look back on it. I think the thing that's really sick and twisted about hunting is that even when you don't like love it in the moment and you think it sucked, usually when you look back at it, you're usually pretty proud of yourself, you know? Does that make yes. sense? Um, and I think that's what makes hunters crazy, but, like, it's one of my favorite things. And so I'm always curious, yeah. like, what people want to get better at or think is, like, kind of hard for them. Um, so it doesn't make you want to quit pheasant hunting, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> I just remember I had worked, I think, for, like, three weeks. My dad and I were out in the state land next to our house and we worked it like almost every day I'd come home from work I'd throw the orange vests on the dogs and we would go and this one pheasant was just like kicking my ass and finally my boyfriend came home early enough she goes I'll come with you well he shot the first bird and then the second bird kicked and I shot and he goes that was all you and I like broke out in tears I think because it was a frustration but I was happy that like I finally accomplished it yeah and I think that just made me hungry enough to go back and do it more and more mm-hmm. yeah because you're not going to be successful every time you go out and do something that's part of hunting or fishing like you're not going to see something every time 
but it, I think that gives you the determination to continue to go because at some point you are going to succeed and it's going to be so worth it. Yep. Yep. And that's always what I hope to hear from people, um, especially with doing more mentoring and teaching and stuff. You know, I've been in multiple scenarios now where I've been, I've taken someone or I've followed up with someone after their first hunting experience and they didn't shoot anything, right? Or they missed or they didn't see anything and they're frustrated and you can tell. Um, and that's where I yeah. always feel like you can, where you get them or you lose them. Because if they, if they have the, like what you just ex described, like that frustration of, oh, I just want to do it better next time. I want to try again. That's where I feel like you know you have someone that you can, like, really fall in love with this, you know? But if you get someone who just right. only is happy if they're successful, like, successful quotations, like, by killing the animal that they're after, then, you know, they're probably not going to be a long-term hunt hunter or, you know, angler. Right. And, like, my thing is, is I feel like if you don't like something the first time, should probably try it at least once or twice more because it might have just been a bad experience and mm -hmm. or you were just having a bad day mm -hmm. you just need that second or third time to be like okay this is something that i really like to do or no it's not for me but i gave it enough time to tell myself yes i do like it or no i'm just gonna walk away and try something else yeah that's a great point that is such a great point point. and it's like um you know people talk about when you're teaching a kid when you take a kid fishing for the first time you it's it's usually in that scenario it's best figure out where the fish are first you know and then take them fishing there um so they can catch some and right. and then get some hooked but as an adult you know as you get into an adulthood i i think that's a little it's a little bit like that but i i do think mentoring adults is so important um i don't want to like overshadow anything about teaching kiddos because they're the next generation we need to teach we need to teach kids woodsmanship and right and, and we absolutely across the board i think that should just be everybody every child if they have the opportunity <laughs> yeah. um but like there's so many adults right now that are curious about this world and this lifestyle and they just don't have anyone to show them or they're or there's perceived barriers to entry like it's too expensive they don't have land how do i get started um hunters are a bunch of rednecks like will they accept me is this what i want to do uh right and i just i think that once like what you said if if they have the mindset of you know, try it a couple times. Um, I think it could change their whole life. I think the hunting and fishing literally saves people. I really do think that. Yes. Well, it's like an escape. It's yeah. something you can kind of zone out from everything that's going around you, on around you in the real world, and you can focus on doing something that makes you happy, and it's like an escape. Yeah. Whether it only be for an hour or a whole day, it's better than not having almost like a safe space in a sense that you can go to when you just need that time alone or you need time with specific people that are gonna be supportive and uplift you and kind of help you through anything that you're going through yeah yeah and imagine if you like the thing I keep thinking about too is like how just like from meeting you and, and knowing how much you love everything and how hard you've gone for like the last three four almost four years now um right is what I think is so great about that is I mean like you're like you're young still so I'm not saying anything um here except that like 
you've done so much in such a short period of time and have become so capable and learned so much. And like, I think sometimes people get in their head that, oh, I should have done it when I was younger or I should have, you know, oh, I have so much to learn. I'll be so behind. And I just don't think that's true. Like you can, like you're saying, people have said to you, you've done more in a year than most grown men who grew up hunting have probably done in their whole life, you know? And that can be someone that's listening right now because I, I promise once you get the bug, if you're someone who's lucky enough to get that, you might just throw away all your other hobbies and everything else to make this your lifestyle very quickly. And if you're curious and want to learn, you can you can do that in a short period of time. Um, but there's so much right. to learn. Like there's not one hunter or woodsman or angler out there that knows everything. Um, it's just like, I love that. I love that you went from like zero to 60 <laughs> so fast, you know? Right. And it's nice when you can kind of learn how to do something your own way and then show somebody how you're doing it. And they go, Oh, I ne would have never thought to do that. And you can share ideas and, different ways of doing things, different techniques, and some may work for you, some may not, but it's kind of finding finding that spot that it's like kind of, kind of like, I'm going to say it, you're, like your jam. Yeah. It works for you, or it doesn't, but you'll eventually find something that does, but I just love Especially, like, when it comes to guys, because normally the guys are always like, I know it all. Like, I'm not going to learn anything. And then they're like, oh, that's really useful. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I have that. It, I mean, I'm very lucky to have a boyfriend that is hyper-passionate about so many different types of hunting and fishing. We have a lot of similarities, but we actually have a lot of differences, too. Um, I think people right. who, you know, if people know us um, or see us together, we do all types of hunting and fishing together. But there's actually some things that I love, I think, a lot more than he does um, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we don't, our jam isn't, we like doing it all together because we both learn so much from each other and we actually enjoy doing those things together, which is just really cool to have a partner like that. Um, but yeah, like he doesn't love some of the, like he doesn't love deer hunting. Um, but right. I, but I do, you know, and he's actually probably a more successful deer hunter than me, but he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, um, he doesn't enjoy it the same way I do or look at it the same right. way that I do. Um, but he actually has gotten more into it now again, because he knows how much I love it. And it's, and I do so much coon hunting with him and I do so much, I go trapping with him. And, um, I grew up waterfowl hunting, but we waterfowl hunted really hard this year and that woke something up in me that I did not see coming because I, I grew up waterfowl hunting and then we didn't really go a lot when I was kind of like middle, middle school, high school age, went a little right. bit as an adult. And then those last two years just gone like super hardcore. And I'm like, wow, I love it. Like, I love it. <laughs> I, I yeah. love it so much. And I, I am surprised at myself. Like I, I never, I did not see that coming. Like how much I love waterfowl hunting. Um, I just, I didn't think that was going to be a thing for me, but it's just crazy. Right. Well, that's even like my boyfriend and I, like he's, he's more into fishing. Like he does, and he loves waterfowl versus 
I like both of those, but I love big game and anything else that's going to give me a challenge. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that he's there and supportive. And if there's something around here that I want to go do, he's willing to go and do it with me. And whether one of us is successful or not, it doesn't matter because we're doing it together and we're having a good time for the most part. I mean, occasionally you may may argue like him and I <laughs> wasn't hunting together, but you get past that. Yeah. Yeah, that is such an interesting. I have talked about this once upon a time about I wanted to do like a series of where I do like little mini interviews with couples. Um, like I'm talking like five minutes, uh, maybe even less. I've just like, I rattle off the same questions to different couples that like do outdoor stuff together or like one of them does it and the other one doesn't. Um, or right. it's a single person or whatever. Cause I, I just think that dynamic is fascinating um, because it's like anything, I suppose. When you're with someone who loves the same things as you, it's, like, such a beautiful thing. And then other times it can be, like, super annoying. <laughs> right. Can, like, butt heads and, you know, uh, get mad at each other and, and argue because you're trying to learn from each other. But learning from your significant other is different than learning from other people. You know, it's just. Right. Um, I'm sure there's couples out there that have this figured out. But I, I think that. um it, it can be hard because it's, it's your thing, you know, it's your time, but you're sharing it with someone you right. love. And then that can be either really awesome or it can sometimes be, it can be frustrating at times too for people, I think. Yes. Yeah. Which is normal. It's totally normal. Right. Um, it's really rough too when you're walking through different terrains and you have short legs and he's got long legs and he's taking these big steps and he's like 25 yards in front of you. And it's like, can, can you stop and just hold on? second and let me <laughs> yeah yeah I've been there uh <laughs> Jacob is not uh very like super tall but he's he's definitely taller than me um but like coon hunting that was that was the whoo there were times I was like he he could feel without even turning around and looking at me sometimes I think he could feel my anger like the lasers yeah. in the back of his head um <laughs> Because I can handle myself walking in the woods, maneuvering, like, creeks and hills and mud and all that stuff. But he's been doing this his whole life. And and people think, oh, it's just walking in the woods or whatever. But walking in the woods at night through briars and through bugs and um, through the water and mud at night, like, you know, it's just, it's a different yep. element of difficulty. Um and he just zooms through all that stuff like no problem. And I'm, you know, pretty much at that point now. But in the beginning, I could have killed him. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, just trying to keep up. But I wanted to ask, uh, is there any type of um, like outdoors, like any hunting, anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to talk about at all? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you have anything that's like on your heart or that you'd want to say to like other um, hunters or other women hunters or people who uh, other women who want to be hunters out there? Is there anything you'd want to say? I think it's just, if it's in your heart and you want to do it and it's on your mind, go and do it because what's the worst that's going to happen? You either don't like it or you fall in love. And there's just so many things that you get your toes wet in that you, you take, you need to take the chance and 
just experience it because I think if you don't, you're going to regret not doing it or you're going to have missed opportunities where you look back and think, I sh- dang it, like I should have went and done that. And then you kind of kick yourself in the butt for not. So I think if there's something out there that you feel in your heart you need to do, just do it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I really appreciate all of this. I, I, um, one of the reasons I was like so excited to have you on here too is just that you can tell you like genuinely en- are enjoying yourself <laughs> and that you really yeah. love everything that you're talking about and it's just coming from like a really good place and that's just really nice. Like that's what I've been really trying to focus on with these last like few interviews of awesome women that I'm talking to are just are these are these people that like just enjoy it, you know? They enjoy the hard part, they enjoy the end, um the community uh, positive and just like, you know, they're goers. And I, I just think that's awesome. And like, I, I want everyone's little worlds to be more filled with people like that because, you know, there can be a lot of negativity in this industry, um, in the sport. And there can be a lot of, um, bright, shiny stuff that can distract you and make you think that you're less than, or you need something, or, you know, you have to do this or that. And I just think it's great that you're just like very real, very like positive, And you can tell you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is you don't need everything that's brand new on the market either. <laughs> something that's 10, 15 years old is going to do just as good of a job. And what just came out and sometimes it'll do it even better so sometimes stuff that you get handed down or you find at a sale or anything like that is kind of like finding gold at the end of the rainbow yeah absolutely and i i'm a big i'm a big believer in that honestly one of the weirdest things like i don't know people look at me like i'm funny but when I like teach classes and stuff, inevitably someone will always stop me and ask me about my gear. And I'm not a real gear junkie. Um, I am, but I'm not, you know, like I've upgraded some things. Like I've bought myself a brand new gun. I have a new bow on order. Um, But besides that, like, and I, and I do like over time, I will tend to, I will spend a little extra money on something like, um, I bought myself a really expensive pair of boots that I've always wanted. Um, right. But I, I, in my mind, I justify stuff like that when I think about how much I'm going to use it. Because my boots, my gun, right. and my, my bow, I'm going to use a lot. And I justify that. Um, and, but other than that, I mean, like, I'm just really not... I don't get impressed by, I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff, you know, and I'll be like, oh, I need that. And I I will engage with that kind of stuff. But I just think to be a successful hunter, at the end of the day, you can have the, you can have some private land with the best, biggest animals on it, with the best gear and the best camo, the best blind, best truck to get you out there, the best knife to, you know, clean your animal at the end of the day. But if you aren't don't have woodsmanship and you're not a good shot and you don't enjoy yourself who cares <laughs> right <laughs> you know like it just doesn't matter um i'm just like that person that i can't justify spending hundreds of dollars on like a brand new camo jacket yeah 
when I'm like, the stuff that I've been wearing the past three years has been doing me good, so why switch it up? It may have a couple holes in it, but means it's getting used and yeah, doing what it's supposed to. Yeah, yep. Um, I hear ya. That's like a whole nother yeah. podcast, <laughs> honestly. Like, if I'm just like wheeling over here thinking about that. Um, <laughs> that is like a conversation in our household on a regular basis, actually. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm a I'm a mossy oak girl through and through, um, and uh, not even to have to be mossy oak, but most of my stuff is nothing wrong with mossy oak. Mossy oak is my jam, but it's also right. much more affordable than other brands. Um, Correct. Yeah, and I I guess. But not even just mossy oak. It doesn't have to do with really the camo stuff. Like there's certain jackets and and hats and and stuff that I wear, and I and I choose them because they're warm and they work, um, not because they're right. more expensive. You know. Yeah, and sometimes the expensive stuff isn't as warm as what you would have paid for, say, a hundred dollars for versus three or four hundred. So mm-hmm. just because it's got a name brand slapped on it and it looks nice doesn't gonna do the job yeah that's hard because like some of that stuff like is awesome right it is awesome it's probably worth it but you have to buy it probably to find out and that's just a risk I don't know if I'm always willing to take (laughs) right that's how I always look at it (laughs) like okay maybe but I don't know (laughs) and that's and that's you know some of those like some of this gear we're talking about that's a hunting trip, you know? Like, that's one less hunting trip I can do because I had to have a nicer jacket. Like... Exactly. That's... It's great. That's that's how I have to tell myself... Like, what I have to tell myself because a thousand bucks can take me to a pretty cool... On a pretty cool trip if I want it to. Um, so... Yeah. I... Yeah. I don't know. But I am... We're on tangent there, but I'm so... <laughs> I'm so grateful for, for you and, and being on the show and... Um, just everything you're doing and, and have met you like you're just you're so sweet and you are like really easy to talk to and well, thanks. yeah absolutely and I, I love like following you and being jacked up for you congrats on your turkey by the way um, uh, thank you yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah do you have any other uh, parting words or anything else um, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank again, you. And, and I will, I'll put in the show notes how people can find you. And yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll hear from you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you everyone for being here and listening to Whitney's story and being a part of the Woods and Waters Project family. So happy you're here. Until next time.